Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. So today I'm going to tell you a story about economic models and the problem I had with them. And I want you to hold on, even if you're not mathematical, you hate math, all of that, because the story I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use it to illustrate how the assumptions you make in your own life dramatically limit your options and reduce your well-being or can do that. So my economic story. So I used to be kind of what I call a disgruntled economist. Economics was something I did well at school, but I didn't really love. And the reason I didn't really love it is because it felt like kind of a big waste of time. But for a bunch of reasons, that's still what I took in graduate school. I took economics. And what I found was at graduate school, all of the theory went away, all the philosophy went away, and economics became a big kind of mathematical exercise. In fact, a lot of my fellow grad students were math graduates, not economics graduates. Why am I telling you that? Because what happened was the theory became completely mathematical. And what happens when you're building mathematical models of the world is you have to make a set of assumptions about the way things work and describe those things mathematically. And then you build your big fancy models and you get results. And I remember taking this long course about government and economics. And the purpose of the course was to decide whether government was useful, whether we should have more money go to government or whether it should go privately. And right at the beginning of the year, and we spent all year on this one model, we set out all these assumptions that we were going to build into the mathematical model. And what I noticed immediately was the assumptions we were making about how government behaves meant for sure that whatever mathematical machinations we went through during the year, for sure that model was going to conclude at the end that we shouldn't give government much money and we should have it more privately because we made assumptions about government that made that conclusion absolutely necessary. And that happened. And, and what happened is we lost sight of it. Like I think everybody in the class lost sight of it. I think my professor lost sight of it. And when we got to the final conclusion in the last class about how government should be defunded and more money should go to the private sector, you know, I kind of asked my professor, how could we have come up with any other conclusion? And I think he was kind of a little bit embarrassed and he didn't really know what to say. I think we all get so caught up in the assumptions that we make we forget to evaluate whether they're true or not. But just like in the economic models, the assumptions we make 
about the things around us are what drive our behavior and affect the outcomes in our life. The outcomes in our lives reflect the assumptions we're making. So today, we're not going to talk about math. What I want to do is I want to take you through five categories of assumptions that you might be making. And as I go through these assumptions, I want you to listen and consider the categories of examples I talk about. And I'm just going through some illustrative examples in each case. And I want you to think about examples in that category of your own, the kind of assumptions you might be making. And at the end of that, I want you to make a list so you can carefully consider which ones you want to keep or not. And we'll talk more about that process at the end. So let's let's make this a little bit more real so you can understand what I'm talking about. What are the assumption categories I want to share with you today? The first is assumptions we make about how, the, how other people will see us or react to us. So an example of this is one category of clients I work with are people that have been out of the workforce for a whole bunch of different reasons and are trying to re-engage. And many of these people, not all of them are older. There are different reasons we might be out of the workforce for a while, but lots of them are, say, in their 50s or 60s. And when I'm working with that category of clients, what they encounter is they go onto LinkedIn or they go onto social media or they look through articles or whatever their source of information is to see who's hiring. And a lot of companies that advertise the most broadly are companies that don't tend to hire a lot of people over 40. There's a lot of companies out there like that. And I find that what happens to people who see a lot of that kind of advertisement is they start to assume, hey, people like me, people who are as old as I am, can't get jobs, or they assume no one hires older workers. And it's actually not true at all. Like that assumption leads nowhere except to discouragement and just a kind of a hopelessness. If you assume that I'm this particular age and I can't get a job because of that age, that's not a great space to be in. But that's just because of the assumption they're making based on the very limited behavior of a very limited number of companies that advertise broadly. In fact, there are all kinds of jobs available to older people in different circumstances, especially when they don't make assumptions. I haven't been very good about circulating my newsletter lately, but I used to be rigorous about creating a weekly story and sending it out there. And one of the people that followed me was a former tax professional, a really senior person who was in her early 70s. And she assumed that nobody would hire her at that age anymore. And she especially assumed that government wouldn't hire her. Um, in Canada, most people retire from the government at age 55. But after reading my newsletter, she decided, hey, 
I think there are possibilities I haven't considered. And she developed an argument about why the government could really utilize her skills because of this unique experience that she had that people who'd always worked in the government didn't have. And she was actually hired by the government in her 70s and still works there. So her assumption that she can't get, that old people can't get hired, if she continued to make that assumption, she wouldn't have had that opportunity. Ironically, I know another category of people I work with who make the contrary assumption. They assume that there are a number of opportunities that aren't open to them because they are too young. They think you need gray hair or gravitas in order to get the kind of jobs they're seeking. The assumption they were making about how other people would react to them because of their youthfulness was restricting the options they were presenting to themselves. So that's one category of assumptions that we make about ourselves, how other people will see us or react to us. Another set of assumptions that we make is about our own skill level, the skills we have and the skills we don't have. So one that I always go to when I think about this is the assumption I made for years that I'm not creative. And just to put that in context, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a visual artist. I do paintings that I sell and um, I create programs for clients. I create workshops. My life, I even designed a building here that is a studio. All my life is really focused on creativity now. But for all of the years, I said, I'm not creative. That set the direction of my life. That limited my choices about what I thought I could do. It limited what I studied at school. It limited a lot of things. Just that assumption I was making about myself. Another really common one is the assumption, I'm not mathematical. Now, I bet you there are a number of you that are convinced that that's true about you. But my guess is a lot of you who think you're not mathematical just had a bad teacher. Why do I say that? Because my dad was a math teacher and he could teach anybody math skills well enough they could do well. I had this cousin who was failing grade 10 math and we went to visit my cousin right before a math exam. She had a 30 some percent average and my dad sat down with her and they went slowly through the lesson and she got 90 something in the exam the next day. So it wasn't that she wasn't mathematical. It was just she hadn't been taught by the right teacher. Another example of a kind of assumption we might make about not having a particular skill is one that I used to make about myself as well. And I hear a lot of other people making too. And that's, I can't do public speaking. But what I want to tell you is public speaking is just a learned skill. If you can have a conversation with a friend or with your brother or sister, or people that you know, you can public speak. You're capable of it. I used to tell myself I can't do public speaking all the time. When I was first a tax lawyer, I was at 
a couple different law firms and we used to write articles. And then it was common practice to present the articles at conventions. And I just wouldn't present my articles publicly. I'd have a co-author go do it or somebody else do it. I just said, that's something I can't do. But at one point I decided a really good career option for me was to move out of the law firm I was at and go into the accounting world because I could specialize in an area of tax practice I wanted to. But accounting firms required all of their partners to do a lot of public speaking. And so I signed up. I took a course from this guy called John Plank, who used to work with actors and lawyers and people and get them to speak properly. And he made me understand that not being able to public speak was just because I wasn't thinking that I was having a conversation with somebody. I was thinking that there's this big, scary audience out there, and I wasn't really sure what I was doing on this stage. And really, by the end of that public speaking course that I took with him, everybody could speak really well. And I always enjoyed it after that. So all of these assumptions about your skills or lack of skills impact the directions you choose and what's available to you. A third category of assumptions are assumptions about who we are. We believe we're permanently one way when all that's happened is we've really just practiced particular habits. This will be things that you might tell yourself like, oh, I'm always late. Or, yeah, I just don't speak up at meetings. Or, I'm exhausted when I get home, I crash every night and just watch Netflix. These are all assumptions that have you showing up in a particular way. But they're not who you are. These are all just behaviors. You have a habit of being late. You have a habit of not speaking up at meetings. You have a habit of crashing at night and watching Netflix, which by the way, will make you feel more exhausted. So those kind of assumptions about who you are are really mistakes. They're really just you generalizing about behavior you've habitually done. A fourth category of assumptions is assumptions that we make about what it takes to be successful or to achieve our goals. So for example, we believe we need to have a CV filled with good grades, or we need to have gone to exactly the right school, either with the right teachers, the right education, or with the right connections. And if we haven't done that, we don't think we can succeed. Or let's say we're doing one thing, we might assume that we need to do years of training before we start something new. So for example, when I left my legal career to become an artist, I could have decided, oh, I'm going to have to go back to school, start fine arts, which I'd never done, start right from the beginning and take five years of art education before I can be an artist. And that wasn't true. I could actually just learn on the job. So these assumptions about what it takes to be successful or to achieve your goals, limit what you're willing to try or limit when you think you're going to be ready and allow yourself to do something new. The final category of assumptions I want to talk about is 
assumptions about what we need to be happy. There's so many standard assumptions that we make about what we need to be happy. We need to be married. We need to have kids. We need to have a house of our own. We need to get this kind of job or that kind of job. All of those kinds of achievements or roles that we think we need to be in before we can be happy. And we also assume that once we get those things, we will be happy. But notice these assumptions put happiness into the future. These kinds of assumptions have you focused on being happy in the future instead of discovering all the ways you can be happy now. Plus, anyway, these assumptions are misguided. A particular job, a salary, being married, having kids, any of the material things you want to have, uh, vacations you think that will make you happy, they won't. As a famous book was called, wherever you go, there you are. And you're always with you. You get to decide whether to be happy or not. You don't have to make assumptions about a number of things that have to happen first before you can be happy. So Savvy Souls, what I'd like you to do, especially if you were cooking or driving or walking when you listen to this, I'd like you to go back and listen to the five categories of assumptions because I just provided a few examples in each category. I'd like you to Consider the five assumptions that you might be making. Assumptions about how other people see you or react to you. Assumptions you make about the skills you have or don't have. The assumptions you make about who you are, which aren't really who you are, but just your habitual behaviors. Assumptions you make about what it might take to be successful or achieve your goals. And finally, assumptions you're making about what you need to be happy. I want you to go back and think about what assumptions you've been making in each of those categories and really think about it. When you look at each assumption, notice how that assumption limits you. Notice how it limits what options you consider. Notice how it limits what choices you think you have. Notice how it limits what you think you can or can't do or how you show up or what changes you can make. So I want you to look at the assumptions you notice are particularly constraining your life and ask yourself, do I know this to be true? And then even if you say yes to that, ask yourself, is it absolutely true? I find that a really good question. Is it absolutely true? Can really check your assumption that something is true because a part of your brain notices the word absolutely and says, hmm, well, it can't be absolutely true. Look for evidence that the assumption that you're making might not be true. What evidence could you gather on the opposite side? Ask yourself, is this something I could learn? Ask yourself, is this a habit I could change? Ask yourself, how might my world be different if I no longer believed this to be true? 
So savvy souls, after you've gone through this process, what I'd like you to do is let just one assumption and let go of that assumption. Try things you wouldn't have tried if you still believed it. Try on not believing that assumption and see how your world opens up, savvy souls. Hope your world opens up this week. See you next time. Love you guys. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.